0: Welcome to the tree house. My name is Miss B and I am an SLPA and clinic lead at Therapy Tree Glendale.
1: And my name is Alex G and I am the digital marketing coordinator here at Therapy Tree.
0: Alrighty, well we're going to jump right in to is one of our parent power talks and today's topic is the keys to communication. Ooh, the way
1: the world functions.
0: Yes, indeed. I mean, what we do in speech is teaching people how to communicate every day, little kiddos, but you never really think as a parent that communication is really important with your therapist um, in order to kind of make, you know, the dream work. They say teamwork makes the dream work and so True. Uh, therapy, you know, it's not just a one-way street There's, uh, you know, two ways to go about it. There's the therapist and the parent who are working to um, enrich the lives of their, you know, kiddos who are coming in. So, um, yeah, we're just going to talk about that today. You're ready, Miss Alex? I'm ready. Let's hear it. Well, perfect. All right. So, um, you know, jumping in, I'm going to give you a little story. Um, uh, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but um, to the listeners out there, um, I got into speech or was aware of just, you know, speech therapy in general because my young, brother um, started doing speech when he was six or seven. Um, and he was diagnosed with autism at that age and so we were like all of a sudden it's just you know myself and then my brother um, and our whole family was kind of tossed into this like whirlwind of like all of these therapies because you know autism comes with a lot it's not just you know sometimes speech or sometimes OT it's usually an umbrella where it's like you're doing a lot of therapies you know all the time and so um, when my brother was diagnosed you know my mom uh, was working at American Express, she was like a supervisor and she was like, what? And so she didn't know what to do. So she like quit her job and she like became a TA to work with my brother because he was struggling in school. So like she kind of went gung-ho because she was just like, hey, I have to be involved, you know. And so she really, you know, turned her life over just to, you know, experience this and be more, you know, uh active with my brother's process. But a lot of parents, you know, don't have that opportunity. And so um when you, you know, are seeking these outside services or just seeking, you know, speech and OT and PT in general, um it could be really overwhelming and really daunting because you have your life and now you have this new life where it's like therapy, oh my gosh, what do I do with it, you know, and so it seems kind of, like, overwhelming sometimes, sometimes unfair, you know, as a parent, I know my mom, for sure, um, she, she you know did not understand you know this whole new world that she was thrown into so my dad's from another country um, he is Persian he's from Iran so he was not much help to the ways of the American therapy you know just therapy in general but just especially in the U.S. Um, you know he didn't have much of an understanding and so it was like these two people who just felt like hopeless because they you know didn't know what to do, who to turn to. So, you know, my brother got his services in school, then he got some outside. um, And it was really cool to see as a, older sibling, just the process in general. Um, but what was really important to my brother's success, because he's 28 now, we just had his birthday in March. Aww. And so Yeah, very exciting stuff. But um, it, what was like the most crucial part to his therapy journey, I would say, is how active my mother was. And like I said, you know, she had, you know, changed her job. Um, but she also was super active in every session that my brother had. She would stay outside of the room they had like a little um, not a carousel but it was like a little room with glass where you could like see into the oh, therapy wow. okay. so that's how his was set up I know therapy tree is a little bit different you know um, we have uh, kind of like a generalization like an open concept yeah open floor. Space. Uh-huh. so you know it's a lot easier for the parents to see um, but with my mom she kind of had to like watch my brother in this little room like through like a fishbowl type thing and um, she would bring a little journal and she brought uh, her notebook she would bring um you know a camera sometimes because it was the 90s so wow. she would bring a little polaroid or a, like a little um like kodak camera and she would take pictures of the items that the therapist would use because she wanted to make sure that she was replicating at home like she was active active and so my brother part of his success was how active you know she was to you know just his sessions in general and so it seems uh, like, you know, so long ago, but I can just, you know, adamantly, like, remember it and just visualize it right now. Her bringing home her little journals and having, like, binders and things of, you know, all of the tools that he needed to be successful
1: at home and he really grew because of it. You know that's amazing honestly your parents are superheroes
0: <laughs> yeah I like to think of it um, that way I think they're super but you know uh, it also takes a village and so you don't have to be alone as a parent and so that's kind of what you know today I just wanted to kind of you know touch on or talk about um, even though it seems like you are alone when you are experiencing this new world of therapy the more active you are as a participant and as a parent the Better your success rate should be because you know a lot of times people feel like um, you know oh my kid is hitting a wall you know every time he comes to therapy uh, I feel like we're not making that much progress um, and those conversations usually happen when weeks have gone by and it's like the same thing over and over and the therapist is like well you know I'm following this plan of care I'm following you know uh, these strategies and protocols and I'm you know trying you <laughs> But maybe there's some factors at home that are changing, like maybe you guys have moved and the child was uprooted and their environment's changing. If the therapist doesn't know that, and you haven't provided that information, then, you know, you're at a loss and we're at a loss because it's all of these little pieces that go together, you know, to help connect into the child's world and into their therapeutic process, you know, and it doesn't seem important. But if something happens, let us know. As a therapist, I'm saying, you know, if they, you know, have had weird sleep schedules and, um, you know, they've started soccer practice or something like that, where there is a change at home, that's being an active participant. That's letting your therapist know, hey, there are things happening at home that paint a better picture of, you know, what their therapy should look like. And so it doesn't seem like it's important, but it is.
1: That's extremely overwhelming just here. I mean, I'm not a parent myself, but just hearing that, mm-hmm. that's a lot of factors that you would not think that matter. Um, I feel like a therapist and a parent have to have a really close almost like friendship or type yeah. of relationship because like i would not think you know us moving to a new house or something would affect my kids therapy session it, you know it's little stories like uh
0: i can give an example of like you know a parent who did talk about oh we've moved and the child sleep just change because they were, you know, moving all their boxes and everything in, in the morning when the kid had their nap. Now nap time's gone and it's later in the day. And that was when my session was coming and they were just waking up from that nap. They were not refreshed. And so it took a a few weeks. And then I was like, hey, what's going on? You know, cause you uh, you know the little kiddo has been having a really great success rate and all of a sudden something changed. And the parent goes, oh, we moved. OK. And so I was able to look at my sessions and say, OK, and now I know that, you know, so and so is going to be a little bit sleepier. Maybe we'll start with the game instead of starting with these cards. Turnaround, complete turnaround. Everything's good. Um, another example, you know, I mentioned soccer practices um, could sometimes, you know, interfere with um, or, or like, you know, just change. A child's schedule, um, and so uh, one instance, I had a little guy who started soccer, and he was coming to his speech sessions really, you know, sleepy and just lethargic. And he used to love going to the gym and like playing on the swings and the slide as a motivator. And all of a sudden, I had to like find a new motivator because he was like, "I am tired, Aww. I am in anguish." And so it was really cute, but I didn't know that. And so I was just like, "He seems really lethargic." And you know, having that communication with the parent, they were like, "Oh yeah." soccer started. So now all it was, you know, we took the gym that was the usual motivator and moved it to something else like I think it was a sensory band or something, but something that was calming and, you know, helped his body stay regulated. And so it's like little things that you think may not be important, but it's just important to keep that, you know, line of communication open with your therapist so that they're in the know and we can effectively treat with that knowledge you know
1: that totally makes a lot of sense it almost sounds like the therapist has to be a third parent in some way what would you say is the importance of parent involvement and therapist involvement like if you had to give a percentage like what do you think it is i would say it's
0: Uh, Probably, I mean, ideally, like, you know, 60-40, but um, I would say 50-50. I think it goes hand in hand because if you really picture it, um, a lot of times we have um, kiddos who, you know, get the evaluation and everything. And the evaluator will say, okay, they're going to come two times a week. For 30 minutes. Sometimes for OT, you'll get kids who are here for an hour, but it's like two to three times a week, you know? Well, there's a lot more hours in the week than just 30 minutes Twice a week, you know, yeah. That's true. When we're here giving you these, you know, these tools and you know talking about the process and what we're targeting, you have them for the rest of the day as a parent. And so we, it's the same thing with teachers. You know, teachers have kids for seven hours. You know, sometimes out of the day, you have them for the rest. And so, how are you going to make that learning effective? How are you going to make that change effective? So really, you've got to put on your therapy pants as a parent and say, okay. I got these tools... What do I do with them? How do I use them at home? And so I wish there was a magical speech, like, you know, wands that when you get your license, you know, they give you this magic wand like Harry Potter and they're just like, oh, it's the the speech Nimbus, you know, 2000 or whatever. (laughs) Wait, that's a broom. But like you get this beautiful little wand and then they say, go and like wave it in front of the child and they're completely, you know, everything's changed. Everything's good. I wish it was that easy, you know, but then I would be out of a job probably. Um, So it, it really is a problem. And you have to trust the process, but you have to be active in that process for it to be effective. And that's for all parties. You know, it's not just the therapist, not just the parent. Everybody has to be a team. Teamwork makes that dream work. So you have to be a team and a united front to help effectively, you know, enrich and impact your child's therapy.
1: So what is your advice for parents so they can be active in this communication? I
0: would say, I mean, it seems kind of old school, but um, the journal When my mom brought that journal, you know, I knew that she meant business uh, just as a kid. But now looking back as a therapist, uh, you know, when she had that journal and, you know, her little camera to take pictures and notes, she knew that the time and the tools that she was getting was limited and she would have to take care, you know, of my brother at home. So she, you know, made that change and she effectively was part of it because she would record and write down, you know, what was happening in his therapy um a lot of times here um at therapy tree we'll provide handouts to parents, and so we'll give them like little coloring sheets little um uh like a uh, word list you know um o t has really great like crafts and things that they um have handouts for or like sensory diets, so handouts you'll see things being you know passed to the parents um a lot just day to day. But um, I would say if your child is in therapy, keeping a journal or keeping a binder to put that uh, those handouts in is really important or you know, crucial to the process because oh, I can't tell you how many times, not to put anybody on blast, but like a lot of my parents, I would say I have a handful where they're like, Oh, we lost it, oh, we don't know where it is, oh, we were moving and you know, it, it got smushed, or you know, something happened and in the car they you know, b- broke it or ripped it, and so. Keeping a binder was really helpful, and just saying, "Oh, I'm gonna toss it in their speech binder. I'm gonna put it in their OT binder." That might help, you know, just improve organization and being able to go and find that information like when you need it at home. You know,
1: I mean, old school or not, I still write stuff down, and it helps me remember it. I mean, they say scientifically when you write things down, you remember it mm-hmm. better, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I I believe in that. I mean. Ha- there's so much going on like how are you supposed to remember all that unless you record it in like a voice memo yeah. or like you said journal it down
0: and you know and we're high techie now you know we, everybody's got an iPhone um, Android users I'm sorry you, can, you cannot be active participants in your therapy just kidding no <laughs> iPhone for life I am I am sold out to the Apple route but um, sponsor us <laughs> yeah sponsor us please Apple but um, definitely you can use your notes app too and so um, just pulling that out saying okay I um, And, you know, this date, this is what Miss B told me to do. And so, um, you know, doing that or just, you know, being an active participant means asking questions as well. If you don't understand something, it's not going to reflect badly on you as a parent if you say, "Uh, come again, (laughs) because, you know, a lot of times we'll get stuck and I have to like catch myself, you know, because we, you know, go to school and learn all these like fancy pants terms. Could be described in layman's terms for people, and you know, effectively as well. And so, if your therapist is like wheeling and dealing these like really fancy like words, you know, CVC words or um, emotional, social emotional, or things like that, you're like, oh, uh, uh, what? what? Yeah. Or uh, I'll hear a lot in the OT world, and they're just like a pincer grasp, and I'm like, uh, I know there's a pincer Pokemon, so please yeah, explain, explain say. to me what <laughs> that means, you know, in, in layman' explain like I'm. I'm 5. And so um I will have them explain so many OT things to me and when they do and they, you know, break it down, I remember it better and I'm like, "Oh, I can use that in my speech sessions now that I understand the concept behind it." So Ask questions, you know, it's not going to reflect badly on you as a parent if you're asking. Um, And we actually, you know, it's much more effective in our sessions, speaking as a therapist, when, um, you know, we'll say at the end, you know, when we're doing our home management or just like our home programming with the parents and we say, what questions do you have for me? I will speak for the entire team when I say we are much more excited when a parent has a question versus when they say, I'm good. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, no, please ask me something. Let me help. And so we want to help, you know. And so it's just that that communication is really important.
1: Yeah. um, Knowledge is power. I'm a big believer in that. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you do learn something better when you ask a question because you're more inclined to listen and understand how something works or how something should be able to work. So that totally makes sense to me. And, you know, the another thing that's really important,
0: too, is. Being sure to be honest, because a lot of times um, and not saying I'm putting anybody on blast, but a lot of times parents going back to like my mom as an example, um, they, my mom was very matter of fact, where she was like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm seeing. And um, I don't understand ABC, you know that's what she would bring to the table my dad is a people pleaser he loves to please people and so he's the one of the greatest people that I know but my dad you know really enjoys when people are like happy with him so he would just say thank you that's great thank you for this thank you for you you know in his limited English but he was um you know he would never have those questions when my brother was in the therapy process and so the you know if you look at my dad my mom who is is, you know, actively participating, and my dad, who's just, you know, grateful and saying thank you, but he doesn't have any questions, my, like, the therapist would be much more uh, inclined to, uh, you know, interact with my mom because she was honest. You know, she was honest with the fact that, hey, I'm trying to work on prepositions at home with him. I'm hitting a wall with ABC. When my dad would come and was just like, everything's great, everything's good, there were still problems, you know, and there were still things that my brother wasn't conceptualizing and so that he needed help with. And so that looking at it, you know, from those two sides of the coins, you really want to make sure that you are being active and being honest, because, uh, you know, a lot of times parents will think, if I say that they're doing really great at home, maybe I'll look good, you know, maybe it won't seem like I'm failing failure means that there's still room for improvement and that we can revamp everything. We can rework and you know kind of look and say, ooh, we probably need to fix this. Maybe I'll start with a game. Maybe I'll start with something preferred and then we'll hit the non-preferred stuff. Maybe I'll use a cube chair. Maybe I'll use all of these things. The therapist can start being a little speech detective or OT detective when the parents are honest. But if everything's sunshine and roses, even though it's not at home that doesn't help anybody it's not helping you or the kid or the therapist so that honesty is really important
1: yeah it's not a competition like mm-hmm. we you want to know what's really going on yeah. okay from a parent perspective do you think that it's not just about honesty, but not knowing what to be honest about. Kind of touching on what you said earlier, like, if we moved, that w- and, and I was a first-time parent, that wouldn't be my first thought into, like, how it affects their therapy session. Yeah. So is it something that the therapists also tell new parents or new patients that come in, like, hey, you have to tell us what's going on at home, not just, like, with the curriculum, with with what we're working on? That's a good question. You know, um,
0: it really depends. Um, I would say that uh, majority of the time the therapist, if they're like, so say you have a kiddo who, you know, usually acts one way and then there's a big change in your session, the therapist will be the one to initiate that and say, hey, notice some behavioral changes or hey I noticed this or that and so the therapist you know majority of the time will be the one I can't really think of any times that I've observed anybody not communicating with the parent but you know um, it's just you know if that information is like pertinent, uh, and you have that rapport with your therapist, then as a parent, feel free to just share that information. Because even if you don't think it's important, it's still good. And so we have little sections in our documentation and in our notes where we'll put that information just so that, you know, we can say, uh, you know, just in the note, oh, by the way, started soccer practice, started karate, maybe, you know, was demonstrated, you know, demonstrating some dysregulation, things like that. So we'll mark it for sure but um yeah it's typically the therapist if it's not as a parent feel free to provide that information
1: okay uh, yeah that's great advice I almost feel like the therapist is like kind of like a guide Mm -hmm. and the parents kind of have to be the one that take the journey with their children all the way to the Uh, end yeah um and with that said is it that time uh you know it is it's the tree treehouse
0: takeaway, take <laughs> perfect. Yeah. yeah, so for today's treehouse takeaway, we're gonna be talking about puzzles, and we'll call it a puzzle party. Oh so, I love puzzles. Um, you know, we love puzzles, and I think because we're both '90s kids, like puzzles were a Good. big deal. Kids nowadays have so many like cool iPad things, or like not even iPads. Like iPads are out. I have a kid who I you know work with, and he has an Oculus Rift, and I'm just like, what? And so right. yeah, I don't understand <laughs> it, but puzzles, I'm. I'm telling you like they still are important and they're still really great toys to use for building speech uh, and you know OT skills too because you've got that pincer graphs. We got those little fine motor skills putting the pieces in. But um, from a speech standpoint, puzzles seem boring, but they don't have to be. So here are three ways that we can use puzzles to um, just enrich our language at home. Uh, Starting with number one, you know, is a traditional just putting the pieces in. But with a twist, you can um, hide the pieces. I do this Probably nine times out of, you know, ten when I am playing with puzzles at work. Um, Yeah, I get to get paid to play with puzzles. That sounds amazing. Perfect. (laughs) But it's really awesome. So um, traditional, but with a twist. All you do is take those pieces, you put them in a sensory box or, you know, any box, really. Sensory boxes are a little bit more fun. But, um, yeah, just having the kid take them out of uh, that location and putting them in. And each time they're, you know, placing them in, you're saying, you found the cow, Moo. Moo moo, You know, you found the horse. Nay, nay. So really interacting, verbalizing, and narrating what they're doing just to enrich them that way. But it's a little bit more uh, exciting because you get to take the pieces from one silly location and put them back on the board. Um, you know, so that's a fun one. That's like two games in one. Two I love games it. in one. Definitely. And you get the sensory aspect, too. So always exciting. Um, another way is a scavenger hunt. And so this one is really fun. You just take the pieces, hide them in semi-obvious locations i mean you don't want them searching forever and then like lose sight or lose fun in the game but um just yeah taking them hiding them and then you can use um location or preposition um words to say like oh, it's under the table it's on the chair building language uh and listening vocabulary right there bingo bingo. And last but not least, this one's really simple, but the most delicious of all the ways. Um, it's just using one-to-one reinforcement. So if they put it in, they get a prize. And so, but put the little cow in the board, um, put the horse, you know, in, and then, you know, when they follow that instruction, they can get a little snack, like a goldfish or gumdrops. Your kids eat gumdrops. I don't know. <laughs> but, oh, fruit snacks. Fruit snacks are the new gumdrop. But um, yeah, so just earning a little token or a little prize, you know know when they follow that direction really easy way to make puzzles fun
1: though i would never think that these are ways to make puzzles fun like i'm i still do puzzles so i'm definitely gonna do the snack one i might gain a oh, lot yeah. of weight well, but i know if you're doing like a thousand yeah. piece puzzle so like five cheetos per puzzle Yepy. piece would be totally great honestly.
0: <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's topic on the keys to communication ta-ta for now
1: catch you guys later